Welcome to All Bodies on Bikes, the podcast, where all bodies are good bodies, all bikes are good bikes, and all rides should be celebrated. All Bodies on Bikes is a movement to create and foster a size-inclusive bike community. So join your hosts. I'm Maggie. And I'm Marley. As we explore the complexities of the biking world, help us break down barriers and create the world that we want to see. And don't forget that all bodies really means all bodies, not just larger bodies, but bodies of all sizes, ages, races, abilities, genders, sexualities, and beyond. Come along for the ride. Welcome back to All Bodies on Bikes, the podcast. This is Marley Blonsky, all by myself today. Um, Don't worry, I am not hosting the show alone. We really only trust Maggie to do that because we all know Maggie is the funny one of us too, and I am the serious one. Anyway, today I am just here to introduce our next guest and tell you a little bit about the episode. Um, So this week we are hearing from Micah Pauline. She is the executive director of Outdoors for All Old Fort, which is basically a big outdoor summit um, working towards increased representation in the outdoors world in North Carolina. It's a really, really great conversation. I can't wait for y'all to listen. Um, So let me introduce Micah. So Micah Pauline, who uses she, her pronouns, resides in Western Carolina, where she grew up and has been an event producer for 12 years. Micah is the director of Outdoors for All, a four-day summit focusing on increasing diversity and equity in the outdoors, oversees rural economic development and outdoor recreation initiatives, and is the partnership and outreach director for the G5 Trail Collective. Micah loves being in nature with her 14-year-old son, Coltrane, oh, that's a really cool name, and traveling this beautiful world. So without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with me, Maggie, and Micah Pauline talking about Outdoors for All. Oh, well, hello there, Marley. How's it going today? Oh, I'm good, Maggie. How are you? I am I am rocking a majestic sunburn today. Oh, no. So it's good. Like, I'm having a good day, but every time I move, I just kind of like whimper. Yikes. <laughs> so, That's but no it's fun. good. You know, I had a great day yesterday, which is why I have the sunburn. So we're just focusing on that. That's fair. I actually went swimming on my lunch break today. Um, Perfect. I say lunch break. I work for myself. I mean, like, I'm just trying to be more regimented. Um, okay. And I realized, like, as I'm doing my laps, like, I don't have sunscreen on. It's like, okay, but I'm going to justify this by saying I need the vitamin D. Um, so I swam for like 10, 15 minutes. And I don't think I, I got burned. Um, but sun protection is important, kids. I apparently did not reapply enough yesterday is what we learned. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But today we're going to learn about something really exciting. Uh, we're going to learn about a fantastic human person and an, a summit that they throw every year that happens actually in Old Fort, North Carolina. That's not far from me. It's called the Outdoors for All Summit. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and interrupt myself right here. Micah, I forgot to ask you how to pronounce your last name. Uh, it's Pauline. Pauline. Okay. You are not the only one. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> so we are talking to uh, Micah Pauline, who is one of the, uh, I'm going to say masterminds behind the Outdoors for All Summit. We're going to find out all about that organization and what it's got going on and what it's about. And Micah, welcome to the All Bodies on Bikes podcast. It is a joy. Thank you. What an honor. 
I feel like I've won the lottery today. Oh, <laughs> fantastic. I wish we could I also could just give sit you, with you all. I wish we could give you a million dollars too, because that would really feel good. <laughs> I, well, I'd I share w- it right back. Oh, you know, I wish we all just had that laying around. <laughs> so, Michael, let's get started. Just tell us a little bit about you. Um, I'm assuming that you like to do outside things. Tell us some of the outside things you like to, to do. Yeah, I do. Um, well, I'm blessed because I live in such a beautiful place where we get to play outside pretty much all four seasons, um, whether it's paddling, climbing, trail running, biking, frolicking in all forms and waterfalls and all the bits here in Western North Carolina. So I feel really um, lucky um, that our beautiful backyard has a lot to provide. Um, Yeah. And I've been kind of in the outdoor scene, working in the outdoor industry for a number of years. um, And I've specialized in doing events, but Really, it's about, um, you know, it's, it's, it's what I do. I've, I've been an event producer for about um, 14 years now, ever since I had my kiddo. Um, and I love creating spaces. I love creating gatherings. I love being a catalyst in our community. I'm definitely a community um, connector. I, I, I know a lot of folks in town. I grew up here in Asheville. And so I, there have been a lot of different circles I've orbited and I love bringing people together and just seeing the magic that they create when they're brought together. That brings me a lot of joy. It's funny that it's kind of a hobby just because it, it sparks life within me, but it's, it's also my job. Yeah. I, so I'm really lucky. And I love to spend time with my kid. He's a 14 year old, part sassy, part sweet guy who loves to make really good food. Um, so we do oh, a lot yeah. of that together. And yeah, I just have a pretty good life. Yeah. Fantastic. Love it. Uh, well, Thanks. again, we're, we're having you on today to talk about the Outdoors for All Summit. So give us a little bit of information and background on this summit. Yeah, so this summit actually came to me, at least the idea uh, arrived to me via a person, a complete stranger, at least at the time. I got a call in November, or sorry, January of 2021 from the executive director of Camp Greer, which is a small summer camp in Old Fort, North Carolina. Um, and, and he just said, hey, we've got this idea of this gathering. We don't really know what its flesh will look like, but we think the bones need to be about equity in the outdoors and we want it to be multiple days we want people to be able to get out and play together Um, we want them to make memories together but also to kind of come together and convene and have really important conversations about how we can collectively move that needle of equity and diversity representation accessibility in the outdoors and i lit up and was like damn straight. This is my joy (laughs) and my jam. (laughs) Bring it on. I will find, I will, I will, you know, find what needs to be the flesh of this gathering. And so it really was handed to me um, as a blank canvas and I just took it and run with it. It is, it has only been um, happening for two years. Um, And so 2021 was our first year, our kickoff year. It was an invite only event it was probably about 150 people. We really wanted our local regional uh, mm-hmm. thought leaders and industry partners to come sit at the table or in the circle around the fire. And then we had um, a number of other guests join. And so I kind of curated that programming with the kind of equal parts play and dive deep. 
And so we were able to sit in community together and have these really essential conversations through panel discussions or keynote presentations, um, workshops, that kind of thing, but then also hit the trails together. And so it was really nice to have both the both andness of that. And then we grew it last year. So it then it grew to about 350 people and opened, opened it up to the public, opened up registration. And we had a really nice showing of folks come in from all around. Um, a lot of the presenters were international or maybe not international, uh, but definitely national in the first year. And then even more so last year. Yeah. Um, so just, we kind of turned the volume up a little bit, opened it up. Um, after we had that proof of concept year one, and then we just looked around the circle, like, I think we've done a pretty good job here. It's a pretty magical, it's still intimate, you know, it's still a small amount of people. It's a, it's in a rustic environment. It's a summer camp, pretty scrappy summer camp, you know, nothing fancy about Camp Greer. Right. Um, but it, it's tucked into the woods. It's up against the grandfather ranger district. It's mm-hmm. it's so its backyard is, you know, thousands and tens of thousands of acres of, of pristine um, forest. And so a part of a, a part of this, one of the biggest pieces of this is that J- uh, Jason, this executive director who called me has also been an instigator of a whole new trail complex being built in Old Fort. So a partnership Camp Greer and the US Forest Service called the G5 Trail Collective. Um, during COVID or even kind of before COVID really wanted to build out a new trail complex with all the different user groups in mind and not to have the old way of doing things where the forest service presents this idea to the public and feels all proud of themselves. They flipped it and they asked the people what they want in their own backyard. Uh, yeah. And they asked, what is it that you, it's your land, it's public land. How do you want to play? How do you want to explore? Mm. What kind of, adventures you want to have. So that's where we got a lot of ideas about building accessible trails for people with disabilities, you know, having access points for people who love to fish, having nature loops for those who just want to get out on their lunch break and get their steps in for the day or have a picnic with their family. And then we knew the the cyclists would come. I mean, they come in hordes. We all know that. And But we wanted the equestrian folks to feel at home on their trails. Um, and then, to, you know, people of, of all abilities to be able to come out and really, really enjoy these trails. And so that it helped inform the nuances that we baked into Outdoors for All. Yeah. So, yeah. I could clearly talk for a really long time. About no, I, I, I love just, it. Just give because... it the like. <laughs> no, so many of so much of this conversation is so intersectional. And when you mentioned, you know, the Forest Service went out to the local community and said, what do you want? Yeah. This question in my head is like, well, that's kind of duh. Why don't we do this all the time? And <laughs> I mean, I know the answer. There's years of, I don't know, um, infrastructure and, well, that's the way we've always done things. And um, But I'm happy to hear that it's changing. Um, and this isn't about, this question is not about outdoors for all, but has that trail, um, that system of trails, the G5, has it proven to be popular? Like, are folks using it in the way that they had hoped? Yes. And even more so. Um, yeah, it's been really, you know, not just the user groups and the categories that are represented there, but a large part of our Latinx population is finding that they belong. They feel that they belong mm-hmm. on these trails, um, which is a pretty rich history in this region, but also um, other the community of color that's very strong in Old Fort, 
which there's obviously been a lot of division being in the kind of rural Appalachian South, that it has been a place of, of kind of coming together for the different communities within our region. And so that's been a lovely surprise. Um, I think that the outdoors has a way of doing that. It is like our last common ground in, yeah. in a culture and in a era of, of, you know, harsh division. So we've seen some of that happen. Um, we've seen a lot of, we've heard a lot of reports of parents just being overjoyed um, that their kids are now really wanting to learn how to ride bikes because the trails are so much fun. Yep. I mean, just hearing people in the woods with your sit standing at the trailhead and just hearing people's like, woohoo and wee <laughs> out on the trails. <laughs> yes. That's that's a measure for me, just you know, that is. But yeah, they've been very popular. We see a lot of traffic. I don't know, I don't know the numbers in my head. But they're it just as soon as we open a new trail, people are chomping at the bit to come explore and have fun. That's so cool. Um, yeah. And I feel like a lot of um, brands and companies and orgs have been really good about kind of taking the shame away. And I hate that there's shame associated with it. But with those kind of micro or the smaller adventures, you know, not everything has to be a 10 day summit hike backpacking in the wilderness and totally self-supported, blah, 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 blah. Um, I love like let's go for a walk. Let's, you know, have a picnic. Just um, the idea of welcoming spaces outside is so crucial, I think, for all of us to reground to, like you said, our last common denominator and what makes us all human. Mm -hmm. We've also seen, just as a little side note, really sweet programming happening organically from the community um, along some of the the waterways during in, in, um, throughout these trails where folks are playing in the creeks more, you know, they're turning over rocks and finding the microinvertebrates. They're just flopping into the cold water on a hot day and chilling, yes. you know, mm -hmm. and just chatting with, so it's that, that leisure, you know, like that, the leisure time that's yes. not full on stoke, which we get plenty of, but just the like relaxation and finding peace in the, in the woods together. Yeah. With community. So that, yeah, we're fine. We're creating more space for that as well. I have a question that it was not on the list. I don't know if we sent you a list of questions or not. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Perfect. Um, are there any like passes required um, or is it just show up and get on the trail? Cause I know that that's all often, even for me, been a barrier of, well, what agency do I have to go buy a pass from or whatnot? They're wide open and free. We've built a hundred and five car parking lot and with a, with toilets and um yeah just show up and get on it <laughs> that's so cool um so we will definitely have a link to that in the show notes um but let's get back to talking about the summit sound good great um fantastic so i know i had major fomo um when i <laughs> it like first came across my feed and instagram and i was like wait i know all these people like they're all hanging out in north carolina with, and like absolutely zero shade um i pretty sure I had something else going on that weekend. Um, but I'm, I'm curious, you know, what did the weekend look like? Did most folks know each other? Was there an immediate sense of community that was formed? Like, was it summer camp? Was it more of conference style? Just tell us what the weekend kind of felt and looked like. Well, it feels, at least to use some of the words that we captured uh, through the feedback, um, it, it feels to many who are in you know, I, I'm behind the curtain, so and it's really hard for me to step away from that role. And you all probably have that through some of the things, you know, you have your hands on it so much 
you're in the kitchen, you don't know what the meal really tastes like, but so, um, but, but it, it's, it's highly curated and that might be where my obsessiveness kind of comes in real handy is that we, we start outdoors for all with a very intentional opening ceremony that welcomes everybody into that space. People take their shoes off. We, we sit in silence together. We see each other eye to eye and heart to heart. And we, we marvel at the beauty of the people around the circle. And there's usually a ceremony. Um, and, and then we kind of just honor where, where we've been to bring us to this place. And we, and we honor and celebrate, um, all the nuances of, of being, um, represented in that circle. And so, and then we, we roll kind of right into choices, right? It's kind of, it is a bit of a summer camp vibe where you can either go down to the lake and do a stand-up paddleboard workshop about, you know, leadership with, with a, an amazing stand-up paddleboard and whitewater kayak instructor, or you can go be a part of a roundtable discussion about masculinity, or mm. you can go on the BIPOC ride or the pride ride. You know, there's, there are a lot of different options throughout the day, whether you want to be physical or you really want to go deep. And we've invited, a, a, you know, it's, so last year we had 65 presenters. So those were folks that we invited into the space to come just shine their light on what they what really what they do. And so to answer your question, yes, some people knew each other. Some people have been working in the business for a really long time. One of our first keynote speakers the first year was James Edward Mills. And so, you know, he's been in it for the long game. Um, and he, you know, he definitely is a, is a known name. Um, but then I, what I really love to do is pull in the kind of the not your usual suspects. You know, a good example for from year one was Rachel Olzer. She had just finished up her her doctorate and was kind of eyeing the horizon of what was next. And we invited her in to talk a lot about her, her journey um, and her and her vision for the future. Um, and she blew our minds with her keynote. But then she was also very much involved last year. And obviously, she was she's a great cyclist, so she was leading um, some advanced rides on the trails. Um, so kind of all, all facets of the community, some folks who are nonprofit leaders, some folks who are athletes or ambassadors or influencers, some who are educators, professional speakers, um, and some folks who have never really stepped into that role, which I feel like Outdoors for All provides a really, really warm welcome to folks who are like Alexander Houchin was very nervous about speaking, but she has a lot to say. Right. Mm, and she yeah. dropped the F bomb beautifully as it was meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> she's you one, know, side and, note, she's one of my personal cycling heroes and I would love to have her on the show. <laughs> she is. Um, I highly support that. Um, and Eric Sedeno, who had just come off his ride across, you know, from Montana to, to um, St. Louis following the Buffalo soldier route. And so he mm. was fresh off the bike and eager to share um, and then, um, Phil Henderson from the, um, full circle summit, um, Everest expedition, and he was eager to share. So a lot of this, like, I would say outdoors for all the general vibe is very human. It's not, it's, it's very authentic. There's authenticity and there's a deep connection that we, we create. So there, there is a bit of a summer camp feel where people are hugging and crying at the end of it. 
I've heard um, words like this is our family reunion or, mm-hmm. you know, kind of an annual pilgrimage or this is the deepest sense of homecoming I have had in a really long time to be seen, to be supported, to feel um, safe and vulnerable, raw, messy, real, all of that, but also to be able to take home a lot. I think a lot of folks felt that they can, they had something palpable for them to bring home to their organizations or to their mm-hmm. communities to implement. Um, so, yeah, it was, I mean, there, like the feedback was, I mean, obviously there's always a lot to tweak and make it a better experience. I probably threw out too much programming for people to choose from and it was just overkill and people were really frustrated with so many options and, and I get that. And I'm sorry, um, but that intersectionality I think is seen and felt um, within the space that we create. Um, and there are some pieces of programming where very clean and clear boundaries or expectations are communicated upfront. Um, about Can you speak a little more to that? Um, like this particular conversation is just for this particular affinity group. Mm, Please okay. respect that. Or we usually mm. abide by the rule or the law of two feet, which means you can, you can, if something isn't serving you, you're not gaining from it or you're not contributing to it, feel free to get up and go try something else out. Like go join the other workshop. There are some, there were some components of programming where the the arc of experience that, that these folks were c- providing for the group really needed to have a beginning, a middle and an end respected. So please show up on time and please stay for the whole time please bring your journal, you know, please, you know, very, very um, established things within that, that people really represent, um, respected. Mm. Awesome. I love that. I I found that, you know, when I've done events and you do set those intentions and um, those community guidelines at the beginning, it does make it easier to ask people to uphold um, those, those boundaries and those, Mm -hmm. those kind of lines that, that you've drawn. Um, Yeah. Can I ask kind of an awkward tender? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. I was gonna say, can I ask kind of an awkward question? And this is something that I struggle with often. Um, You know, I'm white. I'm making the assumption that you are white, Um, Maggie, as well. And obviously, we're talking about intersectionality of, you know, gender, race, all these different identities. How, as a white person, um, do you do you do that without centering us? I think we have an amazing ability to center ourselves. But how do you how do you make that happen? That's a really good question. Um, and I think that that is something that I've learned a lot by banging around within it during this process. You know, I don't come from a highly trained background coming into this. I'm an event producer. So I've had to stumble. I've had to make some big mistakes. I've had to um, get really clean and clear feedback. Um, and it is it is a constant I can't even say challenge because it's more of an invitation than anything, right? It's a self-awareness piece. Um, And I think for me, it's um, uh, some of the hurdles that I had during the process, you know, I would have these initial conversations with presenters and they would say, how am I supposed to trust you to invite me into a space that you have claimed Mm -hmm. to be diverse or whatever? And, And I completely get that. And I really appreciated those moments um, those portals of understanding and compassion. Um, and so it is, it, I think it is an invitation for me to always be thinking about how can I bring more representation into the fold? How can I use my, whether it's influence or privilege or accessibility 
to to open doors and create spaces that are inclusive, um, knowing that I am an able-bodied white cisgendered woman, right? Um, And obviously asking for help, identifying ways that I can, um, that I can help teach the people with whom I work to really, really prioritize creating seats at the table, letting other people talk first, and let, you know, hiring certain vendors for my event, using different professional, you know, photographers, videographers, and making each one of those micro moments and those micro decisions mean something um, and not do things the way things have been done. Right. Yeah. I love that. And um, sorry, Maggie, go ahead. No, I just said, yeah, but I will. Um, I, I think that idea that it's it's all of the little things instead of like one big thing that we can do because I think we get caught up on looking for like the one big way to communicate that I'm like open-minded or safe for somebody to come to and it's it is those little things just in in every step that you take that is going to make such a more impactful and surprisingly noticeable difference than trying to do one big thing and switch it all at one time so I I applaud you for working on those little things and i love that you said it's a it's not a challenge like when people have come to you it's not a challenge it's an invitation because mm-hmm. um, i i am pretty much constantly horrified of hurting anybody's feelings and so just reframing that into it's an invitation for somebody if somebody says hey you did this and that was not okay that's not you haven't failed you have taken one step closer to not doing it again so it's data for learning it's yeah it's, yeah 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 and i just love the tangible examples you just gave because lots of folks listening might be event planners in some way or you know maybe they're getting married um think about what vendors you're using who's your photographer can you um get a non-white cisgendered person to be that per- person and um you know maybe I'm going to stop talking, but I think you you gave some really good examples there. Um, so thank you for that. And I think things that we can keep in mind are all bodies on bikes as well. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, I think that one of the the, the really, maybe the, the big rock I put in the jar um, when I think of Outdoors for All, the thing that is most important to me from a production standpoint, especially when it comes to the budget, is that I want to make sure that, you know, that our honoraria are ample enough, you know, that we make sure that stipends, lodging, food, you know, whatever the honorarium fee is, that we do our very best knowing that we're a very small nonprofit and it's still a, a, an event that's been, you know, a challenge to fund. Um, that That is the thing that is like most meaningful. I will nickel and dime my Portage on guy all day long. but when it comes to asking for somebody to bring their special sauce and their superpowers and their passion Mm. and their story and their magic and their humanness into the space, I will stand for that all day long. Um, and then when I also, the other thing that, that I think we can do as allies or to kind of just really like create new ruts in the way of being in these spaces is, is you, I mean, not to make things transactional, but definitely to 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 allow for there to be flow of money and support, and and like 
air under people's wings and elevating the voices of those who have been historically marginalized, underrepresented. Oh, my goodness gracious. I, I just want to go to Old Fort now is all that I want to do. Um, so I noticed because I've been stalking the website for Outdoors for All for probably about a month now. Um, there's a high premium on partnerships. Y'all y'all think a lot of your partnerships and speak very highly and kindly of them. Uh, how do you go about getting your partners? Who are some of your partners that are really good at... Um, kind of thinking along the same lines as as outdoors for all and making sure everybody's got a equal spot at the table. Mm -hmm. Yes. Actually, the way you ask that question has a lot of my answer baked in it. So, um it is mostly about alignment. Um I don't really reach out to partners if I don't feel like we are aligned in our value system or if I feel that what they're doing within their brand is really performative and, and just kind of on that marketing face that it might ride a trend. It might be cool right now, but are they really doing that capital W work within their company? How are they sourcing their materials? Who are they hiring? Who are their ambassadors? Um, so I look behind the curtain a little bit more and dig a little deeper. And so the discernment is well, it's a lot of effort, but it's, it's so important. And so when we do make those partnerships, um, they are ultimately about cultivating a deeper relationship where it, again, is not transactional. It's transformative. Um, and I think for me, I look for brands that are authentic, um, maybe have a great sense of humor. You know, they're not too damn stuffy about themselves. Yes. Um, that there's a curiosity. I can give you some examples. So we have... So um, one of our local partners is, is an organization called Find Outdoors, and they do a lot of kind of like the, the, the front porch, the front gates of some of our outdoor spaces. And they're not quite the forest service or the park service, but they do provide a lot of guidance to visitors, you know, maps and lo you know, local recommendations for hikes. Um, and they have been a partner of ours and they are really doing the work within their organizations, their communities, like how can they message to visitors on how to be kinder and more inclusive to other people on the trails when they meet somebody who doesn't look like them or maybe has to have help because they're in a wheelchair or whatever, you know, and that Find Outdoors really kind of came to us and said, we're fired up to do more work, but they also came with a great deal of curiosity. They leaned in, they came and they wanted to really learn from the collective experience at Outdoors for All. Another one actually was really great, a great one. I'll tell you briefly, it's Cane Creek and um, Cane Creek's a great organ, you know, a great company. They do awesome cycling components, but um, Doreen and Jenna at Cane Creek um, identified that they did not, they at the point at the, at the time did not have a very diverse workforce and yeah. said, but we don't, we honestly, don't know where to go. We don't know where to look. We don't know how to recruit um, people of color or, you know, we, we, we just feel like we're stuck. And it took a lot of bravery and a lot of courage to even say that and to identify, hey, we know we need to do the work. We just don't know where to start. So it then sparked an idea of, well, heck, let's have a panel discussion. Let's dive into this. Let's bring in some other brands that are doing it well to share what their their tricks of the trade are yeah. and then let's let's have 
a Cane Creek and some other brands that really, really, really want to drive this forward. And it was a really fruitful conversation. And so those partnerships to me are, it's not that they write a check, we put up a banner, we put their logo on something, we call it a day. It's very much like we are collaborating on programming together. We're collaborating on building a stronger community. And so if they're not willing to show up for that collaboration, I pass on them. Um, no offense. Yeah. Um, and I also like, I like programming. I really like to, to do some not u- the usual suspects so that it's just the same lineup of people and the same lineup of sponsors. I don't want same. I don't want this, you know, I, I want it to be, I want to shake it up. I want to get a little freaky dicky. And so pulling in some of our local and regional partners and then some national international level parker partners that may not, you know, that may be a surprise. Um, and leaning on them to really help inform and inspire some of the programming. So maybe they do have an, an ambassador that's just a badass. You know, like a good example is Industry Nine and Alexandra. We yeah. showed her film um, at our little film festival. So it's that kind of partnership that I just get, I just, I get so happy about. Right. That's fantastic. Yeah. So for people listening who are now obsessed with, um, making it to an outdoors for all summit um when when is the summit usually like what time of year so it's uh usually in october which is one of the most beautiful times of the year to be here in the mountains of western north carolina um we i will say we decided to postpone this year's summit to build capacity to Mm. really rev it up next year yeah um and this is a uh, this is really financial capacity. Um, and so we needed more time. We needed to hone um, the plan. We needed to really hone how we do this and how we onboard partners in programming, how we really work with the staff. And I will kind of backtrack a little bit in that I was carrying a lot of outdoors for all, all like, like the only one in the control tower with a team of people who were really kind of, we had a great council but really the hands on boots on the ground chop would carry water was me until the event came on. And we had a great, a great group of people, volunteers and staff who swooped in. I can't be the face of outdoors for all. I'm not meant to be the face. We already talked about my identity or identities. I am not meant to be the only person in the control tower, in which case I am actually deciding to take a step back and maybe have my hands on one facet of outdoors for all, but I don't want I don't want to to choke out what it could be. So it's really important between now and then to, to build out a team in order yeah. to build out a team that has really, really juicy representation all across the board. We need the money to hire those people. So that's what my focus is. So right. long-winded answer, like I do, but <laughs> October, so October, 2024, kind of a mid October. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll, we might even add another day so that we can really kind of create spaciousness in the programming. There you go. Yeah, And that yeah. gives all of us like a year to save up money to, to make it. So that's perfect. <laughs> and because uh, you guys are officially a nonprofit, right? We are. So I, I'm assuming you're accepting donations, um, hey. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> back to what you were just talking about, as far as, you know, not being the only one in the control tower, that's been a huge focus this year for me on all, in all bodies on bikes, because, you know, it was never meant to be the Marley and Kaylee show. Um, Kaylee 
kind of got out a little bit easier because, um, well, she might not agree because uh, she was doing her PhD <laughs> and then, you know, working for the federal government. So often it became, oh, Marley, all bodies on bikes. And it's like, no, right. no, this is about more than just me. Um, so I empathize with you. And if you ever want to, you know, just talk strategy of how we are pulling out more chairs to the table and bringing in, I love that, the juicy representation that really matters. Um <laughs> Because it does take time. It's not always clean. It's not always on a timeline that other people would like. Um, but that's what it takes to get the work done. So I feel you on that. And it's a big step. So congrats on um, making that happen. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. And if there's any um, huge philanthropists out there, um, hey. there's a lot of orgs out there doing a lot of really, really good work. Um, and Outdoors for All is one of them. Truly. We yeah. have big goals. Uh, we have... We, we, you know, we want, I never want to dilute what it is. I don't ever want to grow it so big that it loses its soul. I've done that before in events that I've produced. I've gone from a 400 or 500 person event to a 3000 person event. Mm. And it's, you can just, it, 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 yeah, I don't want to lose the soul Yeah, and that intimacy. So I think I, we still want to keep it that, that homecoming, you know, that, yeah. you know, that family reunion. Um, we just need to finesse some things. Yeah. And so how do you do that? Yeah. Of course. Yep. Yeah. Maggie, any more questions about the summit or should we? I think I have one more question because we've talked a lot about biking because it, for obvious reasons. Um, but I, one of the things that I've, I love from what I've seen is all of the different ways to play outside that y'all cover during the summit um what what are all like what are all the things that you can do do you and do you have a favorite Ooh. also <laughs> do i have a favorite hugging i think hugging is my favorite <laughs> i love it outdoor hugging Does that count? <laughs> yeah i think so i'm outdoor on board hugging. with it i like to hug in the rain yes. i like to hug <laughs> i'm about I, rain i cry in the rain personally mm -hmm. Very Not liberating. to interrupt your train of thought, but I love a good hug, like a half-assed side hug. Like, no, I hate those. There's no point. Like, don't put your body on mine if it's going to be half-assed. Like, no, no. Give me that heart our, to heart. Our nervous like, systems need. Yes. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, awkwardly long ones. Yes. Yeah. Um. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. So gosh, uh, the um the activities at outdoors for all are pretty extensive, and we are going to bring in a few more. It has been mountain biking, trail running, fly fishing, paddle boarding, climbing slash bouldering, horseback riding, mushroom foraging, or kind of like a, a mycology adventure, um, decolonizing birding or bird watching. Oh, yeah. Um, nature walks, some, uh, um, we'll be bringing in some more activities for the next generation. And that's one big focus yeah. of like, how do we usher in our future leaders in the outdoors? Um, I feel like I'm forgetting something. Oh, bring in uh, probably uh, some whitewater paddling or big, nice. big, like open water, like big mm -hmm. lake paddling. Um, the other more kind of obscure ones is I would really like to incorporate some costumed dodgeball. Okay. Just saying. Okay. <laughs> I'm on board with it. Okay. Not... Some tetherball. Wasn't ready for it, but I'm on board with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, you have time to practice okay. <laughs> and get your dodgeball skills honed. Perfect. <laughs> um, 
uh, we'll probably do some more gravel, like a bike packing trip. That was something that we we shot for last yeah. year, and it didn't it didn't go through. But some bike packing, little overnight action. Um, and then kind of our workshops, we do some maybe like uh, you know bike bike packing one hundred and one. How do you get your bike ready? What kind of gear do you need? Trip planning, that kind of thing. So we'll we'll build in a little bit more of that along with something physical. Um, yeah, dance party. Uh, I will say that Alex Bailey of Black Outside is one damn fine DJ. So, mm, all right, okay, file that one away. All right, <laughs> I love enough. a good dance party. Yep, yep, yeah, um, yeah. And I think I saw I, I missed probably one or two, but you get the you get the the gist. Yeah. Oh, all oh, um, epic hammocking, hammock, hammock time. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if you know this about Maggie, but Maggie is like. Oh my god! Royalty of hammocking. I love my hammock. Oh. I want to. I want to become like a rest therapist, <laughs> like mm-hmm. teaching people how to rest outside, most specifically. Uh, and my hammock would be my primary. Uh, I was going to say weapon, vessel. and I mean that, but let's go with vessel. <laughs> <laughs> I like this for you. Yeah. Can, can, yeah. I, I, yeah. Okay. I, I am sunburned today because yesterday I spent seven hours on the lake alternating between a float that I had my ankle tied to a stick so I didn't float too far away from where I was. And I would go out there for an hour and then be in the hammock reading for an hour and then go back out on the water for an hour. So outdoor resting slash epic hammocking is my primary love language. I like this. There's an art form. There's this this okay yep i haven't learned it i get very antsy and like i I need i need instruction on on how to rest better so that's that's what i'm that's what i'm working on (laughs) yeah well mike oh go ahead sorry i was gonna say that's part of the work we're doing right is like is is the disrupting Yeah. yeah yeah and that the outdoors can just be a site of rest which I think for a lot of us that are in like the influencer athlete content creator space, it's hard to draw that line and say, no, I am just going to lay in a hammock all day today. And it's going to be epic. I don't need to put this on Instagram. I don't need to create a reel about it. I'm just going to relax. Yes. Yeah. Um, Well, Micah, anything else you want to add about either outdoors for all or the summit um, before we get into our last two questions that we ask every guest? I think we're good. I think we've gone to plenty of places together. Um, Well, our first one, and you're welcome to modify this because I, you, you ride bikes, right? I mean, we hung out at Rome Fest and okay. So we're just going to ask it because it is the all bodies on bikes podcast. What does your perfect day on a bicycle look like? Ooh. Hmm. The way I would answer this today, because it could be different tomorrow, but the Mm -hmm. way I would answer this today is to try well the try i'm going to remove the try right my perfect day on a bike um would be to just be doing to putting in long miles with my son and it doesn't have to be crazy mountainous or hard it can just be one of those cruisy like just, you're just, we're just cruising, 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 or it yes. could have some 
elevation. I, I want to be my sense. I would be, my senses would be alive, smell all the different smells and feel the temperature changes when you dip into the shade and like be able to experience that with him. There's a, there's a way that we are when we're on bikes together that the quality conversation is mm. just unbelievable. The, the, the depth of, of connection and the flow of, I mean, there's no shortage of what we can talk about. I have a teenager. So most of the time I get one word answers, mm-hmm. not when we're on a bike. <laughs> oh, I and love so it. That is why it, it would be a perfect day for me because yeah. we're, it's, it's joy, it's pleasure, it's play, it's connection, it's sunshine or whatever it is. It's senses just being just, I don't know, turned up. So that, that's how I would answer it today. Love that. And then our second question is just in your like day-to-day existence, what is something that you wish you got to talk to people more about? Hmm. Love. Hmm. Big love. Just big, delicious, divine love. Mm, this, yeah. In all of its forms, right? How it comes into our lives through us, how we transfer it and translate it into the work we do, the capital W work, the, how we share it, how we increase our capacity to experience it. Just love. Yeah. I like to geek out on love. Mm, I love that. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to do some thinking on that because mm-hmm. I think I tend to have like very unidirectional thinking about what love is. And in my brain, I think that often goes to romantic love, um, which can be such a source of frustration for me. Um, but there's so <laughs> right? many other ways to love. You are so correct. And to so. be love and to just celebrate love and all. I mean, the love we have for our own fucking sorry. Nope, you can curse. <laughs> it's own, okay. own, You're fine. Our own backyard, our, you know? Yeah. Nature, I think, to me, is is one of the biggest catalysts for feeling it. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Micah. Um, and if folks want to learn more, um, where is the best place for them to find information? Um, thank you. Yeah, we are outdoorsforalloldfort.org, and we are outdoorsforall underscore oldfort, I'm pretty sure, <laughs> um, on Instagram. And uh People can reach out to me directly um, if they want to. Um, I wear a lot of hats, and so I'm not just outdoors for all. I have about five or six other hats I get to wear. So sometimes just coming at me directly is is, is easier. Awesome. Um, and we will include a link to email Micah um, in the show notes, as well as links to both Outdoors for All Old Fort's website and Outdoor for All's Instagram. So cool. Awesome. Thank you so much for this beautiful conversation, Micah. Thank you both. I really appreciate it. Thanks for creating this space. This is an All Bodies on Bikes podcast powered by Feisty Media. The show is produced by Maggie and Marley and edited by the team at Feisty Media. Thanks for listening.